Hey friend, I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger, host of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. This show is all about brilliant women, just like you, who are growing their businesses in the margins. You're juggling nap time and work time, wiping up messes with writing blogs, and I don't believe you need big, impressive numbers or shiny accolades behind your name to be brilliant. This show is about realistic, doable strategies that will work for you and your business right where you are. Big and little wins are celebrated here, and every single one of my listeners is a big deal in my book. Grab your coffee, and maybe the laundry, and be encouraged by business mamas who'll make working in the margins just a little more fun. Hey friend, thanks for stopping by today. I think you're going to love today's interview with Kara Fid of Simplifying DIY Design. So Kara is going to talk to us specifically about two of her successful product launches. These were for digital products. Primarily, they are Canva templates. So she creates the most gorgeous, helpful, user-friendly Canva templates for bloggers to use. So she has templates for creating your email freebie. She now has templates actually coming out that are basically for your landing page, your freebie sign-up page, your thing you page. She's got workbook templates and planner page templates and checklist templates and just any sort of amazing digital item that you would like to create. There's a pretty good chance that Kara's got a gorgeous template for that. (laughs) So I love the way she's niched down in her business and she has seen incredible success from this. And her email list is small but mighty. Now, of course, small is a relative term, but you'll hear that Kara did $10,000 from her first big launch. She did that six months into her business with an email list of only 2,000 subscribers. And then about 18 months into her business, not even 18 months actually, she had a $20,000 launch and that was with an email list of 6,000 subscribers. So Kara is achieving big things in her business with her small but focused and mighty list. And I think you'll just be so encouraged hearing from her and hearing her focus, hearing how strategic she is, and hearing the way that she listens to her audience and connects with fellow bloggers in her niche. And she's using all of those things to just achieve incredible business success. Now, Kara has an awesome freebie for all of us to grab. It's called the Design Your Blog Growth Challenge. It's three days to a higher converting blog where each day you'll get easy design tasks that will help you optimize what you have, boost your traffic, and grow your email list. And of course, as always, Kara's got gorgeous templates to help you make that happen. So you'll walk away with, you know, an awesome email freebie template, a template for your sidebar to highlight your most popular posts. Awesome, awesome stuff. So If you want to sign up, you'll also get a template on creating killer social media graphics so you can drive more traffic to your site. And all of that is yours free. All you need to do is head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash design blog. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-B-L-O-G, brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash design blog to sign up for that free challenge from Kara. Plus, get your hands on some of her awesome templates, which you're going to love. So today on the show, I have with me Kara Fid of Simplifying DIY Design. And Kara, I just, I love the focus of her business. She creates the most gorgeous Canva templates you could ever find. 
And she recently had an amazing product launch that we're going to dive into as well. So I'm just so excited to have Kara here and to chat. So welcome to the show, Kara. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love it if you start off first by just telling us a little bit more about yourself and then how you got into this DIY design niche. Yeah, so I am a mom of two and I started simplifying DIY design in October of 2017. And I was doing some client work and most of that client work was from one client. And basically I got laid off (laughs) from that position Mm -hmm. due to like something on her end. And so I continued doing contract work for her. But I needed to start, you know, generating some income. So I decided that I was going to start taking some more clients. And my kids are toddlers. And at the time, my youngest was a baby. So I needed to start kind of making a little bit more passive income because I only had so much time in a day. So I decided to start making templates. People would hire me to make templates for them. So I figured, you know, let me just make some pre-designed templates. And, you know, if somebody didn't want to actually hire a graphic designer to make the template for their brand specifically, they can just buy these pre-designed ones and then customize the fonts and colors to match their brand. So I did that and it just kind of took right off. And I think my style really spoke to a lot of people and it just kind of escalated from there. You know, people kept saying like more templates, more templates, more templates. So I just started creating, you know, I did some workshops that had templates attached to it. I did a couple other products that had templates attached to it to try to provide a little bit more value along with just the templates. And it's just kind of been history from there. Right. And I think it's so exciting how quickly your business has grown because like you mentioned, I mean, you've been doing this less than a year and a half. So yes, (laughs) I think like once people hear about your most recent launch, I think they're just going to be blown away because this is still new, but you've, you're just, you're really going. Right. Yeah. It really excited after my very first launch, which was only uh, six months in since I actually launched the site and I made, you know, $10,000 from that first one. So I knew that I was on the right track. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That actually brings me to a good point. Six months in, you had an amazing launch, a $10,000 launch. Talk to me about how you had built up your audience to that point. So my first thing when I launched the site, I knew right away I had to start building my email list. This is not my first blog. So I kind of knew the steps and how to build that foundation. So the first three months, I was like, I'm going to give myself three months and I will have at least a thousand subscribers in that time. Like that was my main focus. So I started doing that right away. And also I created a tripwire because I felt like I knew my avatar well enough that I could make a tripwire and start kind of generating some income, which also helped me kind of run some ads to my lead magnet. So I wasn't really spending anything because I was making that money back on my tripwire. So I made sure that my lead magnet was super specific to Canva templates. I have a resource library and I promoted specifically the templates inside the library. So I didn't say, you know, join my resource library. I said, join my resource library and get free Canva templates. (laughs) So I kind of like specified it to narrow down that 
And then my tripwire was also Canva templates. I figured if they were signing up for the resource library, they're interested in Canva templates anyway. Right. By doing that, I was making sure that the people coming onto my list were really interested in that one thing. <laughs> Which is so, so smart. And I think so many people miss the boat on that because right. they're so focused on build the list, build the list, and they just want numbers. Mm-hmm. But having a focused email list that will want to buy what you're selling. I mean, that is so much more important. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm all for like to have some kind of expanded topics on your site, but your list should be really specific, in my opinion. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Talk to me a little more about the ads you were running and just the other ways that you were building up that email list early on. Really early on, I kind of knew nothing about Facebook ads. I know a lot more now (laughs) after I've invested in that education a little bit. But in the beginning, I was really just running ads to, you know, I did a cold audience, which in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have done that. But I was doing just a general ad for my resource library. And I had a graphic of my templates on there. And it was just pretty basic. And I kind of just had a call to action saying, you know, get free Canva templates when you sign up for the resource library. And then I had a landing page. So I didn't like send them specifically to a post or anything like that. I had them go right to the opt-in landing page where I talked a little bit more about what was in the library and had them sign up to get that password. Okay, great. And then for your Tripwire page, because I feel like a lot of people are going to have questions about this. They're going <laughs> to say, okay, well, great. Everyone opted in for their free Canva template. So now why are they going to pay for some more Canva templates? So talk to me about how you showed kind of the value of that tripwire. So I think that you can always provide more value, right? So with the free templates, there were some Pinterest templates, you know, social media kind of templates, but the tripwire was, you know, an entire product. So it was a workbook and a planner, both of them that I sold individually for $27. So that makes both of them were 54 together. And I was letting them get both of those templates for just $7. So it was kind of that next step. Okay, I have the social media templates and a couple lead magnets. But my next step would be, you know, creating an entire product, whether it be a more in depth lead magnet or an actual product to sell. That makes so much sense. It's a totally unique kind of template. And did you say you were selling those both for just $7? They're each 27. But yes, they can get the bundle for $7. Yeah. Holy cow. (laughs) And you were able to break even on your Facebook ad campaign? Yes. Wow. Okay. I'm impressed because usually (laughs) I'll tell people like, oh, make your tripwire 17 to 37, kind of that range. And only because of the whole Facebook ads thing, because, you know, trying to make your money back. But Mm -hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. So you must have had such a high percentage (laughs) of your new opt-ins who were saying like, heck yes, I want this tripwire. Yeah. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head because back then I wasn't really focused on conversions. I have such a creative side to my mind that the analytical and strategic side it's just, it's a work (laughs) in progress. But I don't think that it was so high that I was like super profitable about it. But I think it was high enough where I could pay for the ads. Right. Okay. You said your first big launch was about six months into this brand. Yes. And how many email subscribers did you have at that point? I had a little over a thousand when I started making the product. 
it took me a lot longer to finish that product than I thought it would. And because of my pre-launch strategy, I actually made that number go up quite a bit. So by the time the first day of the launch, I had about 2,000 subscribers. That is fabulous. I mean, how encouraging is this? With just 2,000 email subscribers, now they were targeted and Kara was super intentional, but with 2,000 email subscribers, she had a $10,000 launch. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, I was really excited. (laughs) I think my husband was more excited. He was running around the house. Aww. (laughs) Your husband is in the military, right? Yes, he is full-time Air National Guard. Okay, wow. Oh, that's fun. I've been talking to a lot of military spouses lately. (laughs) I mean, I just think it's so incredible. You were focused, you were strategic, and even though you were basically able to break even, I am curious about how much had you spent on Facebook ads? I really only did maybe a dollar or two a day. Okay. I I really didn't put a ton into it. I can't think of anything super special that I did that I got to the thousand subscribers within three months. I did not spend a ton of money on ads. It was maybe $200. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's awesome. And then, of course, you have lots of really high-value, helpful blog content on your site as well. So I'm sure you were drawing in Pinterest traffic and getting subscribers that way too. Yes. I made pins for my opt-in page. I made one or two pins for each of the blog posts. I was pretty active in some of the Facebook groups that I knew that my avatar was hanging out in. And because my avatar is a blogger, I felt like I had a little bit of an advantage because I could participate in those threads that are like share your freebie, Mm -hmm. but you have to know your audience who's in it. And because they were bloggers, I wasn't really looking for them to share it or anything like that. I wanted to be like, Ooh, I want that. (laughs) So a lot of them would sign up that way in the beginning. That is really smart. I love that you were utilizing like those free groups and places where your ideal customer hangs out and you were just getting in front of them with your awesome freebie. Yeah. I feel like those groups are kind of like the new link parties. (laughs) Yes. Oh, you're so right. And the right Facebook group. Absolutely. That's where you can connect with your people and yeah, find more of your ideal customers. Right. You mentioned that, you know, for part of your pre-launch strategy for that first launch, that that helped you to build your email list as well. Can you talk to me more about that? Yeah. So I decided right away that I wanted to do affiliates. I had a blogger friend at the time and she had a completely unrelated Uh, blog. She had a craft blog. So while her craft people were not bloggers, she had started kind of gathering bloggers into a Facebook group. And she had done like a beta launch for a list building course, which I had been a part of and was really good. And I think that maybe that contributed a little bit to the um, subscriber growth. But she asked me if she could be an affiliate. As long as one of my blogger mentors at the time, she wanted to be an affiliate. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to set up an affiliate program. I had set up a couple of free courses on Teachable. So I just figured I'd stick with Teachable. I couldn't figure out the tech side of hosting all of this on my own site. So I just stuck with Teachable. They have the affiliate program. And I offered the two of them to be affiliates. And I think that when I launched, I really just had both of them as affiliates. I didn't have a ton of them, but they were high quality people with an engaged audience. So I think that made a big difference. And what I did for my pre-launch was I did a challenge. I did a three-day challenge. 
it wasn't interactive. It wasn't through a Facebook group. I kind of set it up on Teachable where each day was dripped out. And for each challenge, I talked about the type of graphic and I also provided templates because I wanted people to play with the templates, make sure they like templates because the bigger product was going to be templates. <laughs> so if they didn't like templates, it was kind of a good way to polarize those people away. The first day was kind of how they can spruce up their actual blog page with some popular post graphics for your sidebar. And the second day, it was social media. And then the third day was lead magnets. So for each of those days, they had a couple of free templates to play with. And both of those affiliates shared that. One of them had a group, so she was talking about it in the group, and I felt like that kind of got buzz started. And at the time, I didn't have a Facebook group, so I was like, I kind of need a Facebook group. <laughs> I probably should have done one. But I was very active in her Facebook group during it, kind of interacting with everybody going through the challenge. And as people were signing up, my list was growing because obviously at the time we didn't have a ton of overlap. So that kind of helped me having my affiliates share the pre-launch freebie. I love that. So basically people would sign up for that three-day challenge and how were the video lessons delivered to them? It was just through Teachable. So That's each right. day okay. you can set it up in Teachable where they're dripped out. So it'll show the other two days, but they won't have access to the content until the date that you set. That is a really interesting strategy. I have actually never heard of anyone using a free course in Teachable as the mechanism for delivering their challenge. Yeah. I like it. I was kind of like afraid of Facebook groups at the time. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, as a new blogger, I think I was just not super confident yet. Not dealing with people one-on-one -on -one, was just more of my comfort zone at the time. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So you had this amazing first product launch. Now, tell me a little bit more about that product itself and the price point, things like that. The product itself, I ended up doing, I think the launch price was like $76 and then it went up to $97. So that was my urgency factor because I wanted it to be an evergreen product. So that was kind of what I pushed was that, you know, at the end of the launch, the price is going to go up. And that definitely did make a difference. So on the first day, I had some spikes of people, you know, I find that those are the people that know, like, and trust you already. And they were just going to buy what you have because they love your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Then I had a little bit of a dip in the, the middle because again, being a new blogger, I wasn't confident enough to send an email every single day. I didn't want to do that for my launch. And I definitely noticed the dip in the middle. And then the last day it was like double the entire week of sales. So I always do a last day email and a last chance email because of just how well it works. <laughs> yes, it's so true. You just can't deny those numbers <laughs> for the last day. Yeah. And people are like, I don't want to bother my audience. And I'm like, well, you have to. And you know what? There's always going to be people that email you a day or two later and say, oh, I missed this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, they're frustrated that you didn't bother them. Right, right. Because they missed out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I usually give people an opt out anyway. So if they don't want to hear about it, they can click a button and they won't see my emails for a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is so smart too. 
I usually try to do that, although depending on how many different like types of launch emails I have going out in a week, sometimes I get lazy and it just doesn't get like <laughs> added in. It really should. I really should be like organized and just have it all ready to go at the bottom of every launch email. Yeah. I mean, there's people that still like my last launch, I had someone email me and say, how can I stay on your list and not get these launch emails? And I'm like, well, there's a button, but you know what? I'll just do it for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. We, we spent a lot of time just talking about your first launch because honestly, I mean, I just think that's amazing. You had such incredible success your first six months with this brand. However, you have now taken things even further. Yes. (laughs) So talk to me about this most recent launch, because I know part of this product you developed was a big result of listening to your audience and really helping them to solve a problem. Yes. So even the first one, I had surveyed them two different times before I finally decided on it because I felt like I had already done a lot of templates up to that point. And did they really want more templates? And the survey said, yes, they wanted more templates. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you asked. The first one, I actually had this idea that I made for my second big product and I had surveyed them and it almost tied. It almost tied, but because I knew it was going to take so much longer and because I felt like it was a much bigger thing, I felt like the other one would have been a quicker win because I could just get it done faster and start generating income from that. So with my second large product, now in between, I had done a lot of like workshops and smaller products product launches and affiliate launches and kind of working out my strategy for the entire thing. And I mentioned earlier that I have two toddlers that are like on me at all times. So (laughs) my strategy ended up being very template based and not just for designs. I do use my own design templates because, you know, time, but (laughs) the entire thing is very templated. I will copy my surveys and send them the same thing, but with different words. And I will copy my Trello boards and just switch them around and I'll copy my landing pages. So I decided that for the second product, I would ask them what they needed. And again, they said more templates, but I wanted to kind of take that a step further. So I took my entire product launch system and like templatized it. I I guess that's a word. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) I made templates for like the surveys and templates for the product outlines and templates for the actual design of the product and, you know, templates for every step of the way, essentially for the system that I use. I love that. It's just so smart. You templatized your product launch system. Right, right. So I know from the survey that I sent before, I kind of skipped my first survey because I had sent it from my first product launch. So I went into my more information survey for this one. And what that is, it's basically helping me form the product by asking them, you know, the things that they struggle with and seeing how they phrase things because I can use those words when I go back to write my launch emails and write my sales page. And when I'm outlining my product, because I can literally, I can see how I can bring them from the beginning to the end and that entire transformation just based on their 
survey answers because I know what they're struggling with. So I know what I need to address in the product itself. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I feel like there might be some listeners who are going, okay, I think I get this, but maybe (laughs) give some examples. Like maybe what are some of the words or phrases people were using in those surveys that you were like, okay, done and done. So a lot of it was time. Like I don't have the time to create a product. Well, great, because I have product design templates and that's going to cut down your time. (laughs) Another example was I don't know what to make. Okay, well, great, because I have survey templates that are going to help you know what questions to ask your audience. And then I'm going to explain to you how you can kind of work backwards Mm. and figure out what to create. Another example, knowing how to launch it, because then I could talk about launch strategy and give some examples of like emails I've sent and kind of make some email templates that they can use as a jumping off point to again, save time and also give them a little bit more structured Mm -hmm. plan for their launch. I felt like in the beginning, I was kind of just going off like things I've learned from helping clients launch. And that's as a graphic designer, I wasn't like doing anything strategic or whatever. So I was just kind of observing and I was kind of grasping at straws and trying to figure out if I was missing any steps or, you know, anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I know that I am much more productive with a plan. So that's how I kind of structured the product as well. And I also, a lot of them had said something like they lack focus. So I know something that works well for me is due dates. So what I did was I have a lesson in there about, you know, all the different tasks that the entire system goes through. And then I have them kind of work backwards to figure out how long it's going to take them. And then they assign due dates. So, you know, when I was doing client work, I was never late to deliver a project. That was a a due date that had to be met. So I treat myself the same way I would treat a client. If I have a task that needs to be done, I have to get it done by that due date. And that's the only way that I get products done because let's face it, it's really easy to say, you know, I kind of just want to like take a bath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so easy, right? To, Mm -hmm. yeah, just say, okay, tomorrow, I'll do this tomorrow. I'll do this the next day. But I love what you said about you always would meet your deadlines for clients. So you should be your most important client, right? You've got to treat yourself with that same level of respect and taking yourself seriously. Exactly. I love that. You said too. So with this product, and tell me again, what is the name of this product? This one is called the Product Creator's Ultimate Toolbox. Okay, awesome. So it's not just, I mean, it's the whole launch system. It's templates for that. It's, you know, figuring out how to create the right product. But then there's also awesome templates so that they can create the digital product very easily too. And you know, a big part of that was my survey again, because one of the questions I asked my audience was what kind of product are they thinking about making? So a lot of them answered with specific things, but it could be boiled down into like, okay, well, that would be a workbook or that would be a planner or that would be a course or something like that. So I went through every single answer and I kind of categorized it based on the type of product. And then when I went to make my design templates, I made a bunch of different styles of every single category of product. So there's like five 
five different workbooks, there's five different journals, there's five different planners, and then there's like 15 different slide decks and stuff like that, that they can kind of mix and match, or they can just start out with the complete product design and then just add their content in. I love that. It just makes it so easy (laughs) for someone who's brand new or, or not even brand new, but there are so many women who've been blogging for a long time, but they still haven't, you know, pushed go on their own product for their audience. And so this is basically, hey, let's, I'm going to show you how to do this and give you the templates you need to make it happen. Yes, because I had a Facebook group going that was one of the bonuses for the launch. And I had a couple of people use them for lead magnets and tripwires because they weren't ready for like a big full product launch. So I mean, they're very versatile. I try to make my products a tool more than anything that can be used over and over again. That's fabulous. So Talk to me about the launch of this product because I know it went super well. (laughs) So tell me, you know, how you got everyone warmed up and excited and then how the launch went. So I did not run any Facebook ads. I don't usually run any ads for a brand new product, but I did let my affiliates know. So right when I was going to launch this and I was very anxious to launch because this took three months longer than I anticipated because of the design templates, (laughs) three months longer. So I was really just kind of like, oh, I really need this to just be done. (laughs) So I did let my affiliates know. However, it really was not good timing. This was when another large blogging course was being launched. And while that course is kind of geared toward new bloggers and mine is kind of geared toward not new bloggers because, you know, obviously if you're brand new, you're probably not making a product. But I knew that my affiliates would be promoting this bigger course and I knew that they probably would not be on board with promoting mine because of the confliction of date. So this is kind of like, okay, can I convert my own list by myself? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that was, you know, something I had to kind of, I was like, all right, my email's got to be on point for this. So I had learned from a couple different launches before this that I knew I wanted to send an email every day, whether it was annoying or not. (laughs) The last day was going to definitely have two emails at least. And I sent out the affiliate email to let my affiliates know. And I put up my pre-launch freebie and sent that to my list probably about three days prior to the actual launch because it was it was another uh, dripped out challenge. Okay. And this was a product related one. So I sent that out. And on the last day of that, my launch emails went out and it was really just my list. I really just promoted it to my list. My social media manager, I think put it on Facebook a couple times, but there was nothing like I didn't even do any lives or anything like that. I was just kind of, I just wanted to get it out there at that point. So I did end up having one or two of the affiliates send it out to their list. One of them converted pretty decently, but probably about 90% of the sales were something that I generated from my list. And I did end up making, I just surpassed the $20,000 mark in the launch 
launch week. And that was with a list of about 6,000 at the time. Oh my goodness. I mean, that is amazing. I was really hoping for 20,000. It was my goal. So I think I woke my husband up at like 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, I did it. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. So a $20,000 launch with an email list of 6,000 people. And what was your product price at? It was priced at 97 and it did have a couple bonuses. They were not disappearing bonuses though. And I used price as an urgency factor again. Mm -hmm. I knew that this was going to be just the size of this product itself was massive. So it was going to go up to 147 after. And even since then, it's gone up uh, one more time. So, okay. Is it selling behind the scenes as well now? Yes, it is an evergreen product. And I always do evergreen like funnels because I just, again, launching is so much work. It's so exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) So I tried to just kind of set that on automation. So the people that sign up for that pre-launch freebie, they get offered that product. Okay, great. But were you able to basically then kind of recycle a lot of your launch emails and like the pre-launch sequence then to sell passively? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I actually, one of the bonuses was a funnel workbook and I instructed people to do that, like literally copy and paste day one, day three or whatever the questions answered, you know, just copy and paste and reuse it and then just change anything that you need to change. Yes, I love that. And that's what I tell people too about launching, especially like your first launch is feels overwhelming and a lot of work. And then I do feel like for a couple years, they feel overwhelming and like a lot of work because well, sometimes we make things complicated for ourselves. But yeah, like you're just figuring things out. But the beauty of a launch is that you can often use many of those emails that offer a similar type of scarcity factor, all of those things you can often use behind the scenes Mm -hmm. in an evergreen passive type of funnel too. Yeah, exactly. Well, holy cow. I mean, I'm just so excited for you. (laughs) Again, you are less than a year and a half into this brand. And six months in, you had a $10,000 launch. Less than a year and a half in, you had a $20,000 launch. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. And just in having that evergreen system kind of set up in the background between the launches, it's just a good way to make that consistent income. Obviously, a launch is going to produce a lot more income in a quick amount of time, but having something going in the background that's consistent and, you know, helps you between launches. And you don't always have to launch a brand new product. It can be a product that you've made before and that you just have like new bonuses or you want to kind of bring it up again, or you can do like flash sales. I love flash sales. (laughs) I think it's a great way to kind of just celebrate different kind of moments. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, my thing with flash sales is, and I'm definitely not opposed to them, but some people tend to think like, oh, I just did a product launch because I did like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not the same. And whatever flash sale results you got, it's like typically with a true product launch, you're going to see way bigger results. But you're right that like a flash sale is just like, it's a fun surprise. It's a great way to just like, let's get some quick cash, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of in the door. So yes. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) How many evergreen sales funnels do you have running behind the scenes? 
So I have three different ones, two of them being shorter funnels and one of them being like a six month funnel. And there's a lot of like, I've, you know, compiled all my best emails that got really great responses and I put my best freebies in there. And I try to take a lot of time to establish that no like and trust factor because I think that it's really important when it comes to conversions, especially in launches. So I have this really long one and I do have a couple different kind of sales going on in that like product mentions after a certain amount of time. I have a couple different things that are mentioned on autopilot in that. Okay. Oh, that's very neat. And I love what you said about you took your best performing emails, the emails that your audience had related to. Yes. Yes, They responded to it's what they needed. (laughs) Yes. I mean, why not reuse that brilliant work of yours and yeah, put it into the sequence right. so that and so I'm guessing do you take basically new subscribers kind of through that longer sequence yes most of my like more general opt-ins go into that longer sequence because I feel like that's a better opportunity to kind of warm them up and see what direction they're headed whereas the shorter sequences that's usually like you know, they opted in for the Canva mini course, and now they get offered the the full Canva course. Like it's it's a little bit more specific and directed at that one thing. Okay. But again, the like the resource library and the Canva templates and that kind of stuff that goes into the bigger one. Gotcha. Now, I know people are going to be wondering this. I am as well. So with that longer (laughs) sequence, let's say you've got a live launch going on. So then what do you do with the people in that longer sequence during the live launch? It's a tricky thing. It's uh, very tricky. (laughs) What I do is I exclude people that are in any kind of sales email. And I kind of have these tiny little segments that I've pieced together through automation so that I can like exclude specific parts like I don't have one sequence that has like 80 emails Mm -hmm. or something like that they have like two or three emails and that way I can exclude certain segments of them I exclude those people and then when I'm done I'll either decide if I want to make my own funnel for it or if I want to add it to that big funnel that makes sense. I like that. Because yeah, then those people wouldn't have seen it. And of course, whenever I do any kind of sales email in my bigger funnel, I exclude anybody that's purchased from those emails. So they wouldn't see them twice. Right. That makes sense. I love the idea of doing the smaller sequences. I've done that a bit inside ConvertKit, but I need to be a little more organized with it. But yes, I'll do like three weeks where they're getting nurtured yes. and then they switch from that into like a four day sales offer. Yep. Yeah. And so that's a separate sequence. That's super smart. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When you're doing a sales sequence, for example, is your scarcity factor there typically that they're getting like a discount on that product? It is a discount and also bonuses. And bonuses are super easy because you can duplicate the product and then hide it. So like with Teachable, you just have the course be unpublished. Mm -hmm. And then you can either add it inside that product or you can make a separate post-purchase sequence that delivers those freebies or bonuses, I should say. That's true. If you do offer like a price discount, because this is one thing I've wondered about. I have this passive sales sequence where currently the price discount is like a coupon code. And then I just swap out which coupon code I use every like couple of weeks. So people can't, you know, (laughs) come back however many months later. But I do think it'd be better if 
Instead, I was sending them to like a different private product landing page where the new sales price was like just right on the page. Right. And I think that's a benefit of duplicating the product because if they go back to your shop, they're not going to see it. They would have to dig up your old email. Yeah. I've also, especially with my Tripwire products, I've used timers that redirect. Yes. It's a little bit more difficult with the actual sales emails inside the funnel because the timer would start when the person and clicks, which isn't always that first day. Yeah. So it's a little bit difficult with that, but I always do that with my tripwire because then at least when the timer is up, it's redirected away and they're cookied so they won't see that offer again. Right. And are you using deadline funnel for that? You know, I tried to use deadline funnel. I could not figure it out. I don't know. The tech kind of got me on that one. So I just use the timer that lead pages comes with because it's redirects. Okay. And you're saying with the lead pages timer now, it's individual. So it will redirect only that visitor only when they're like one hour is up. Yeah. Well, the evergreen timer that they have, it's going to start when they click onto that page. So that's why it's difficult with the actual sales emails in a funnel because, you know, they might not click the first day. Right. So it wouldn't start the first day. If they did click the first day, it would follow them through like a deadline funnel kind of situation would but if they clicked on like the second day it's going to tell them that they have three days still yeah I try Mm -hmm. not to do that and I also I'm just kind of careful about how I word it in my emails I don't say this is like literally ending and going away forever I say this is the last time I'm going to mention this oh so I you know that kind of thing so I feel like I'm not lying but I am kind of directing the attention to the urgency right of like yeah this is your last reminder. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because I use deadline funnel for my tripwire offers. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that part feels quite straightforward. It's, you know, similar to what you talked about with lead pages, but you're right as far as the email sequences and then doing the email hooks, which we used to have quite a lot of them. But I have to say that deadline funnel has glitched out on not just me, but many of my online business friends as far as the email portion that it's just one of those things where unless it's a really big funnel that I know I'm going to be pouring a lot of ad spend into Mm -hmm. and massively scaling unless it is that it's like I'm just not willing to deal with the tech of it anymore right I went back and forth with them a few times because I'm like I have multiple offers and I I kept sending them screenshots I was like okay do I have it set up now and they're like well no (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing that I don't because I needed to have like multiple different, I can't remember what they call it, like campaigns mm-hmm. or something like yes, that yeah. within that same sequence. And so I, I just could not figure out how to like get it triggered the right way mm-hmm. every time. I even went through like a test run and I was like, I'm getting emails with myself that say it's expired. And I just couldn't figure it out. So yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. I really like your idea of just saying like, hey, it's the last time I'm going to mention this. You've got a separate private landing page for it. And yeah, I love that. Yeah, thank you. Well, Kara, this has been so much fun chatting with you. I know we got... (laughs) 
<laughs> we got pretty technical and detailed, but I mean, overall, I just, I love that your brand, you have such a clear focus. You're so focused on listening to your audience and giving them the products that they want mm-hmm. and that will help them. And you're focused on building that targeted email list up yes. of, of the right the people. The right person. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You're doing so many things. That makes all the difference too. And I know you talk about it a lot too. It's kind of like how to work backwards to find a freebie that attracts the right person. Mm -hmm. And it's just so important. Exactly. Yeah. So you're doing amazing. And I'm <laughs> I'm so thankful that you came to chat with me today. I know that your story is going to be so encouraging to so many other business moms out there. Thank you. <laughs> so as we wrap up, Kara, do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment to share? I mean, there's so many. The kids are so cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's see. So one day, my older child, he is three and a half. And he get, he's, we say challenging. He's, he's uh, a little bit special needs. And he just has a very strong personality. So he got in trouble for something. And he starts like crying, like half fake crying and like half real crying. And he <laughs> hops up on my one-year-old's lap who's probably one and a half at the time. And she is, you know, she's got the phone in one hand. He's like straddled her where she's like wrapped her arm around him. Like you would your own child and patting his back and comforting him while he's crying. And she's holding up the phone in her other hand, like past his head where like, And I just thought it was so funny. I was like, well, if that's not, you know, a future mom, then I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that is that's pretty funny. <laughs> so cute. Well, thank you again, Kara, for hanging out with me today. And just remind everyone one more time, where's the best place they can find you online? Yeah, it's simplifyingdiydesign.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Kara. This was so much fun and I just love everything you're doing. So I'm sure we'll stay in touch. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. Now who else was encouraged by that chat with Kara? I know I was, and it just reiterates for me once again, that I need to focus when it comes to my list building. I don't need to have a business where I'm talking about 10 different things and trying to build up 10 different lists and have 100 different opt-ins. I need to double down and focus and get clear on who my ideal customer is, how I help them, and then create the products that serve them the best. So Kara had me super excited and super inspired because I got to tell you, she is achieving incredible results for her product launches with a list size that is a lot smaller than mine. (laughs) And I'm saying that to say like, dude, you don't need a huge list to get huge results. You need a focused, powerful list. So if you're ready to start building your focused, powerful list, there's a good chance you might need a little help designing that freebie, right? And getting some traffic over to that freebie from social media. Well, if that's the case, Kara's got an awesome resource for you. It's called the Design Your Blog Growth Challenge. It's three days to a higher converting blog because you'll learn how to optimize what you have, boost your traffic on social media, and then grow your email list with a gorgeous freebie. 
She's of course got free templates inside this challenge just for you. So head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash design blog to sign up for free and let's start building your focused email list. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. Brilliant. 